Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. And happy Monday, July 17, 2023. Welcome to Elijah Streams. I'm Steve Schultz, your host. And along with my wife, we founded both ElijahList.com and now has Elijah Streams beginning 26 years ago, bringing you the voice of the prophet. So welcome to the broadcast. Three or four quick things to do, and then we'll bring Johnny Enlow on. Um, the the guest tomorrow is Donna Clement Petruska, and she's always amazing. She gives us great um, replays of Kim, her dad's uh, Kim Clement's um, prophecies that are there as more relevant today than than seemingly in the day he actually gave it. In other words, he prophesied it, and now they're all coming true. It seems like so. Uh, so looking forward to that. A couple of quick things. I'm going to bring Emily on. Many of you say, hear me say, well, Emily, do this, or Emily, put that scripture on. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to introduce Emily to you all. So Emily's bringing herself on right now. How are you doing, Emily? Good. Doing great. Emily put together, just so you know what Emily's doing, she like put together the Manuel Johnson, we're going to show this happened. Emily does that. We're going to show a, a Trump clip, and Emily put, gets that done and put it together. Um, so if, um, I'll just say this, when, if any of you went to Israel with us, you saw Emily walking around with cameras in tow the whole, the whole week. And so, I mean, yeah. what's your favorite thing, the cameras, the video, the, what, what, what's your favorite thing and all that? Uh, I like it all. You know, I like being there in person for some of the shoots. And then I always like re recreating the story and refinding the story in post as well. So nice. and, and your mom was there. Yep. Uh, and I, I told, is it candy? Am I now? I'm forgetting yep, candy. Okay. Yep. Candy. And, and I said, you know, Emily is just so good at what she does. She's just like, she's got a sixth sense. She knows what I'm asking for. In fact, when we, when we bring uh, Johnny and on in a few minutes, there's that intro we do. And it always says the pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. Emily picked that herself on her own to, to create that intro. And it's a, perfect fit even johnny was shocked at how perfect it fits with what he's saying so i just want to uh publicly thank you emily and honor you and uh, you. i want everybody to meet you so thanks for coming on i appreciate yep. that thank see you. you later so now you know who i'm ordering around where i say emily could you put this on and that on so all right now emily's in the background we're going to run a this happened um uh, so XRP, which is a crypto, uh, Manuel Johnson had prophesied on that in April. You see the date on here. So let's go ahead and run that one. The scripture says that he owns the gold and the silver. He owns it all, even the crypto. And I'm just going to give it to you. The Lord started to show me very powerfully about cryptocurrency. XRP. I'm going to say this again. I'm going to make sure it's right. X, X, R, P, that cryptocurrency. I saw what's happening this year in the spirit. They are going to win. X, R, P is going to win the security clearance from the United States. And you're going to see it's going to go all over the media. And it's going to start to rise. It will be a sign. Why am I saying that? It will be a sign the Lord had informed me that the Lord is taking back the United States. Ripple wins verdict 
that XRP is not a security. Judge also rules institutional sales of XRP by Ripple do not constitute offer of investment contracts. And that was very interesting. Uh, uh, he didn't say the word right, exactly. Right. It was a lawsuit by against, against the Securities and Exchange Commission, and I don't. I assume Rip, Ripple then must have been the one that that filed suit against the SEC, the Securities and Exchange. They wanted to say, well, you can't do all these things you're doing with this crypto because we're calling it a security. In other words, they were saying it's like a stock. You have to have all these rules. And they said, no, we're not a security. So that Ripple wins that. And uh, Manuel Johnson was saying that was a sign from the Lord. All right, wanted to give you that. Now, next item is when I, last week when I talked about uh, us being at the Chosen, and it looks like we won't be able to actually go this time because of the um, the the strike by the actor strike. Um, and so that thing um, got all, ha, has all of the actors not being able to work. So uh, with that, we were told that they weren't going to meet. So we ended up backing out, canceling the, the flight. And then at, we think they actually made an exception the, and they will still be filming, but we had already made new plans. So we're probably not going to go this time, but we'll go in a few months time to, to the chosen set and then we'll give a report. But when I was talking about the chosen, a couple of things I wasn't clear on about. Some of this I didn't know all the nuances. If you see either video movies or television movies and and you see all the credits, especially when there's movies, and sometimes The Chosen comes on like movies, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names that, that go by all the different partnerships they have and associated with, produced by the, the co-executor, all these different things, producers. Um, so I wasn't very clear. Uh, Angel... Here, here's what Angel Studios did as an example. Angel Studios is the distributor for the movie Sound of Freedom. That's what they've done. But I gave the impression when I talked about it that somehow that the Mormon church was, was involved in Angel Studios. And that is not the case. I didn't even mean it was the case, but I guess it sounded like that. So um, this is Mormon. The, the people that own Angel Studio happen to be Mo Mormon. But it's not Mormon church anything. Okay, so I wanted to clarify that also. Uh, Dallas Jenkins, who is the um, the creator of The Chosen, he's the writer of The Chosen, he's the director of The Chosen, and probably a whole lot of other hats, um, is fully 100% Christian. I saw him weeks ago come on and do a special interview that I watched streaming, and he said, people are saying, are you Mormon? You must be Mormon. He says, I'm not Mormon. And he says, but the people that own Angel Studios are. Now, Angel Studios is the distributor for... Um, Sound of Freedom and their agreement on the Chosen is a little different. They have, they have the Angel Studios app that people can go through. It's like a distributor, except it's distributing it by streaming. And so there's a Angel Studio app where you can watch the Chosen, and then there's a Chosen app where you can watch the Chosen. And then if you see it in the theater, sometimes they release it in the theater. That's a theatrical release, and Chosen is in charge of that. So there's all these different partnerships and things of like that, but. I just wanted to clarify those things that uh, the creator and the and the writer and the director of the chosen is not Mormon. He said that publicly, and he's happy to to, to clarify that. Um, okay, I think that clarifies things on that. All right, one last clip. I want to play a clip by Trump that I came across. This one might be as much as a month old, but it is the cry of my heart. I've been praying for something like this, and watch what what Trump is saying he's going to do when he comes back. I love this. Go ahead and play that. In recent decades, there has been an unexplained and alarming growth in the prevalence of chronic illnesses and health problems, especially in children. 
We've seen a stunning rise in autism, autoimmune disorders, obesity, infertility, serious allergies, and respiratory challenges. It's time to ask, what is going on? Is it the food that they eat, the environment that we live in, the overprescription of certain medications? Is it the toxins and chemicals that are present in our homes? Every year, we spend hundreds of billions of dollars to treat these chronic problems rather than looking at what is causing them in the first place. Too often, our public health establishment is too close to Big Pharma. They make a lot of money, Big Pharma. Big corporations and other special interests and does not want to ask the tough questions about what is happening to our children's health. If Big Pharma defrauds American patients and taxpayers or puts profits above people, they must be investigated and held accountable. When I'm back in the White House, I will establish a special presidential commission of independent minds who are not bought and paid for by Big Pharma, and I will charge them with investigating what is causing the decades-long increase in chronic illnesses. I understand Big Pharma, I believe, better than anybody else. I know where they're coming from. And then I will ask them to publish recommendations for how every American child can have a safe and healthy childhood. This is a conversation that is long overdue, and it's a conversation that American families deserve. American families must have this conversation, and they must have a leader, a president, who can do something about this problem. And I will do that. Thank you. Oh, man, when I saw that, that is so amazing. I can't wait for Trump to come back. I wanted to come back yesterday so bad. But uh, I've actually been started a year or two ago. I started saying, Lord, someone's got to come along and find out why obesity uh, is just off the chart. And, and people are getting sicker and sicker. And cancer rates keep growing and all of that. So when I saw this clip, that is such an answer to prayer. Uh, what he's going to do when he comes back. So praise God for that. So, all right, it's time to bring in John, Johnny Enlow, Unfiltered. Here we go with that. 1349 hours, declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must, from now on, target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children and there he is hey johnny i'm going to say this right at the start um remember that time i had an episode with uh uh blood sugar so if i i'm probably going to um disappear for a few minutes right after a little bit so when i go off you'll know i'm fine i'm just making sure i don't have a drop in my blood sugar uh so no i'll just be going for a couple minutes but uh what how'd you like that clip did you see that clip by trump yeah, I liked it a lot. And I had, I had seen um, a few days ago, probably, a, I don't know if it was the first time he said it or not, but it's it's the introduction of a great theme that really uh, he's never brought up like this. And so that's part of the way he's still, as I'll say, he's, he's still running things. And it's bringing things that have to be dealt with. And this is an area where he needs the help of we the people in it. That's why it's not just about replacing, um, you know, Biden from his, the seat where he's at. Um, there, there has to be a popular uprising recognizing this and sort of uh, what's been revealed to us in the last two or three years has, has made it 
more obvious than ever. Again, there's still a percentage of the population blind blinded, but that there there is something I've been having this conversation this very week with my daughters and friends. It's like it's amazing their generation. I had just told them, I said, there is something that's being done that is a direct attack on the mind and brain, on the body, on the fertility. You you can see it from all kinds of things. It's almost like a hundred percentile reporting of all them and all their friends, whether it's um, the men, young men having incredibly low uh, testosterone levels um, to... Uh, all kinds of uh, dysfunction and injuries and whatever to the uh, uh, the women's um, you know uh, what, what am I trying to say reproductive yeah. area attack on ovaries and uh, um, endometriosis and all kinds of things and is and then on their mind like they're mm-hmm. they're an unprecedentedly um, attacked on the mind generation you know there's fear and anxiety has has hits all generations but there's something about what has happened in their generation and it's like yes we know it's kind of an all points bulletin attack and so it comes through social media their phone we don't know what what effect 5g and but i'm i'm convinced that what president trump just just mentioned there is something of the foods there's something of the vaccines that is uh, intentionally breaking down uh, the health of, uh, it's all of us, but it's particularly the next generation seems the most affected. And, you know, I I, can't, I don't think he said it in this clip. I, I was going to try and listen for it very closely, but he said it, and then I saw another clip where he was talking about the same issue uh, about what's going on with obesity and all these other things. And he goes, what's, and he mentioned what's being put in our food. The, the inference was things are being put in, it wasn't, this one, his emphasis was big pharma. Another one, he emphasized not just big pharma, but what what's what's being put in our food. That all of this obesity too. So I I'm convinced you probably are too that when when the deep state when they when the one world order whichever term is used when they want to decrease the population they've been putting stuff in our food uh, and in the crops that are growing and then the, the weed killers that they're making and that, and all of the stuff, they've been putting stuff in to decrease the population, only it's a longer period of time. So I'm so ready to have this blown wide open, man. Well, that, that is a great lead in for it. Well, let me say something before I get to that lead in just about Emily. Yeah. Um, yeah. It truly was good. That, that was uh, great that you presented her the people so they could see her. I think it probably recognize the sharpness of her spirit. Yeah. And, um, there's an anointing she carries, you know, she's yeah. been behind the scenes the first time she's, she has any, and she obviously didn't sign up for her face or voice to be shown in front of people. Right. You're that clip that she's had us that, that clip is over a year and it's not ceased being relevant, even to the conversation we're having right now, about what we just said, um, the awakening it's, you know, the, their pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children and really that comment that President Trump just talked about and what we're discussing right now is about it being the children. So she really could not have picked a, a more relevant line for it to, uh, to totally. last entire time period we're doing. So it's it's what the anointing looks like behind the scene. So yeah, so good. So good. Yeah, I'm on the same page. She's uh, I just you know, it's I don't know how long it's been, but the time flies because we're having fun. And I 
the the first time I met Emily in person was in Israel. And and I didn't realize she was going to be carrying all this equipment around doing it. Oh, and I forgot to say the four minute clip of Israel. She was the one that put that all together. She shot some of the footage and other people shot footage. But yeah, anyway, so. So tied into that, I'll just make the, I was probably going to bring this up later, but I'm just going to say it right up front because it's so relevant. I I didn't know you were doing the, the Trump clip as well. And what we're what we're discussing here, and you mentioned the New World Order and all that, and there is, uh, you know, something that just happened. There's there's two uh, sports things that just took place. One was the All Star, the Major League Baseball All Star Game, and not that it's riveting by any means. It's kind of um, you know losing viewership and all, but it was so interesting that there was a surprise home run. Um, I think it was a two-run home run by um, a player named Elias Diaz. And um, he's Venezuelan. Another, we, we keep being highlighted with these Venezuelan, whether it was mm-hmm. the, uh, the winners of the horse races. And so God's going to do something big with in Venezuela as well and surprise us all. That's the second part. But Elias Diaz, um, that means that's Elijah Days, or if you want to say it another way, Days of Elijah. And his middle name happens to be David. So Days of Elijah, middle name David. And um, and so he hits the home run that wins. The run for the losing team, I think three to I think it was three to two the final score. The losing team was another player named Diaz. And he was Yandi, where you spell it Y and Y. And so that's the losing team just asking why, why and why is the losing team. And the one that's telling you what the days are. Um, Interesting. Are the days of Elijah. That's the winning, that's the winning home run. So they both hit a home run. Why, why, why is the days <laughs> of Elijah? And that's so it, it, that narrative is being covered and how the Lord does these things is, is quite a, quite amazing. And, um, you know, the other thing was, uh, Yesterday, they have the 20-year-old Spaniard uh, tennis player, Carlos Alcazar. And he, he you know, he knocked out uh, Djokovic as champion from Wimbledon. Uh, he hadn't lost since 2013, Novak Djokovic. And I like him. And But this is, um, I think there's something with the name Carlos in, in London. So Carlos is Charles, and it means free man. And we know King Charles just got... Um, put into, you know, he just replaced Queen Elizabeth. And both of these things took place in London where free men won a title championship. So it's again, the Lord emphasizing this thing of freedom and a free man winning. And even he's telling London, because they've been the source through their financial, um, we'll say the financial stronghold and stranglehold that Rothschilds and others have had out of London city that they have really enslaved the whole world. And he's telling them with even what's happening right on their own terrain and territory, that freedom is going to reign. And even Carlos Alcazar, that last name Alcazar means fortress or stronghold. So a stronghold of freedom is coming in and we are in the days of Elijah. So what is it? I want to, this is not even the topic, uh, but it goes with it. It's not the topic uh, for today. It's, it's good that everyone knows that we are in the days of Elijah. You know, there's a song, what is it, 10, 15, 20 years ago. These are yeah. the days yeah. of Elijah. And I want us to have clarity on what it means to be days of Elijah. 
days of Elijah, back to the story we've referred to um, frequently in 1 Kings 17, 18. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Of Baal and the prophets of Baal being taken on by Elijah the prophet. Um, ultimately, the days of Elijah are about Baal being overthrown. Okay. Yeah. And, and it seemed like it's been, I think I used to share on this message and think, well, you know, we're kind of close to that. But it's not that it's close to that to that the new world order is a Baal cult it is the cult of Baal they literally do exactly the same worship rituals that were done back in Elijah's day you're saying they intentionally are if we had a camera there they would be worshiping Baal literally they worship Baal Molech they they do sacrifices to them they're even doing the same sacrifices they're doing the same blood sacrifices, um, ritual, cultic, uh, homosexual be- ritual behavior was part of what is known all the way from Old Testament times. It still goes on. Um, sexual behavior that violates all norms is part of their ritual. Cutting mm. themselves, it tells that that's they were cutting themselves, bloodshedding, trying to win their, uh, we'll say, their contest with Elijah, and it didn't work. So. You know, ritual sexual deviancy, ritual homosexual uh, as part of the homosexual uh, activity as part of their worship, ritual cutting, bleeding, blood collecting. Uh, and they had taken all the high places. They had taken all the high places of Israel with Jezebel being there. And so all the positions of influence had been taken. That's why there was 400 prophets of Baal, 450 other prophets of Ashtaroth that we're at the table with Jezebel. And so this is what they're doing. Even when we're talking about sound of freedom and, and sex trafficking at the elite level, at the high level. And we're not saying there's just, this, this is the point. I think everybody's getting this now. It's not like, yeah, there's a few nations that do this. This is 100% of the nations, possibly two or three exceptions and maybe some breakthroughs that have taken place in, in the last uh, few years. But at minimum, we have to say 99% of the nations of the world have been operating with this cult, with the cult of Baal at the top. And so this is very real. We are in the days of Elijah. And so the the part that's different is he's calling us as an Elijah people. It's we the people, we the Elijah people. Uh, And Elijah means the Lord, he is God. And so when we resist when we stand up to bail when we stand up to bail manipulators bail prophets um this is when we become the reproducers of the spirit of elijah that ultimately causes even the prophets of bail to be wiped out elijah is the one that did that in a physical presence kind of way we do so in a different kind of way but they have their their bail prophets they have the world economic summit they have the Noah Harari, something like that is his name. He's like their chief top uh, Baal prophet. But make no bones about it. This is not people that have some ritualistic thing. They are a Baal cult. It is a cult of Baal. This sect, this Luciferian, demonic, pedophilic sect is what has been running the world and what there has been 
a release, a judgment released from heaven against them. And they are fighting to hold on. They will not. They will not. This, these are the days of Elijah. That's the Lord just speaking through the baseball all-star game. Yeah. He's like, no, Elijah's going to hit a home run. Nice. He's in the spirit of David. Elijah, David, uh, Elias, David, Diaz. Days of Elijah, David, of Elijah with the spirit of David in there. And the home run, the winning home run uh, comes in and he's speaking to us even right in the month of, right in the month of uh, July as well. So I believe this is a, right. uh, a key message the Lord is is saying over and over and over, and um, and it's amazing how everything has to begin prophesying that again, like sports events that are being watched and and all that. So so um, what I want to speak about is, um, and I want to explain it. So it, it it's going to be the not boring when you hear the term. I'm going to give you a theology of the earth. Some of you can go, oh, man, that sounds boring. But a theology of the earth, I want to combine it with some other things that we're going to add as to what the Lord's doing right now. But I want to, it, this is related to what we've been covering all year, really, really going after the correct narrative and how important the correct narrative is. But if you have a correct theology of the earth, and if you don't understand what theology of the earth means, a belief system on earth as the earth itself, this the planet Earth, um, I believe it'll get you 90% to a correct eschatology, which is a doctrine and belief of the end times. If you have a wrong doctrine on the Earth, you're probably going to come up with the wrong doctrine of the end times. And if you have a right one on the Earth, then you're going to do better. So it's not just down to you go like, well, how do we know who's right or what's right? It's so overwhelming the the statement of scripture. And there's so many verses that we're going to cover. And I don't even know if we'll get to all the ones I wanted to cover. And I only got a percentage of the ones that make it very clear what is to be our belief about planet earth as to its value, how long it's supposed to be around, what was God thinking when he did it. And there's going to be, um, I believe just snapshots of revelation that can go into your hearts and spirit, be part of what will help um, further define so many of you are having to revisit, reconsider uh, all these aspects of theology that you've been taught for so for so long. And, and again, I consider uh, uh, there's just been so much fake eschatology, fake yeah. stuff come out of even uh, the pulpits uh, of America. And I think what I'm going to say first as part of it is I, 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 I have was kind of driven by the Holy Spirit and the Lord just to write some things down. And they so connect everything we're talking about, even about our points uh, that the line that Emily was picking up for our program. Yeah. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for the children. And part of what I've been saying for many, many years is that we're um, it's going to be the great awakening is going to be preceded by a rude awakening. Well, this is something the Lord had me write down for today. We're about to transition from a rude awakening to a great awakening. We're about to transition. Um, But the rudest part of the awakening is first. So that means, or you could call it the most painful part of the awakening. Yeah. And to the degree you're already awake, the least painful it is. In fact, it might be more joyful for you once you know 
once you know what the enemy is doing as a wolf in sheep's clothing, mm. there's actually joy seeing him exposed because you've been you then realize he is going to be diminished in his ability to keep doing what he's been doing, the killing that he's been doing. As I've been saying, and I'm going to say this, I think I have to say it over and over because I've been exposed this last week from pastors messages and people are sending um, and it just continues to blow me away. How um, how off pulpits in America are at this time. So many misreading the times. And one of the main things is to understand that exposure precedes the removal of the mafia. The exposure of all these things um, doesn't mean that it's closer to you. It doesn't mean you're about to fall under it. It doesn't mean the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, all these things are about to take over. Their exposure uh, and the enemy's exposure, even as a principle, always precedes removal. And the way the Lord spoke it to me was, I am removing the mafia. I've told you about that vision many times, is that... There was the left hand of God across the seven mountains. And he said, and it was just, he cleaned off the top to the mountains. And I knew what I, I get the picture. And he said, I'm removing the mafia from the seven mountains. And it has meant more progressively as I've understood more of the nature of this mafia and this mafia, the, the, it is the financial aspect of it that has to be unplugged or there, the mafia continues. And that's why even this XRP thing is a significant deal. Um, it's ripple, and there is going to be a ripple effect and really a potential tsunami ripple effect of what's taking place uh, with ripple. And the Lord has his ways of doing what he's doing, of bringing about his correction to this mafia stronghold connection and, and, and dominance of this banking element, the central bankers, the Rothschild family, London City things we've talked about before, things I don't want to go down the rabbit hole uh, too much right now. But uh, here's something else. Uh, I, as he was speaking to me today, the pulpits of America are one of the worst distorters of the true narrative. I'm just going to say that one more time. I know that's, um, you know, maybe harsh. It is just true. The pulpits of America are one of the worst distorters of God's true narrative right now. Um, and, and again, I'll, I'll acknowledge that there are some, in quote, scary things being planned and advanced right under our nose. And I want to remind you of the Passover deliverance for the children of Israel, that, you know, Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's chariots had to chase them in order for them to watch Pharaoh's chariots drown. So there is, we're being chased by some aspects of this agenda. And if we misread it, we can think it's because we can think the same way the children of Israel thought back then. It's because we're about to fall under Pharaoh's chariots and control and dominance and Antichrist and the beast and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, it's chasing us. So when the Lord releases his flood, when he releases his judgment, on this mafia that we all get to see it but the pulpits of america have been one of the worst distorters of of, of the true narrative uh, they've been the greatest source of disinformation and uh, 
uh, I'm just going to hit them again. Rapture being imminent is disinformation. That the rapture is imminent is disinformation. Just, you know, let that soak in and settle inside of you. The one world government has the future right before us is disinformation. We could say fake news, fake eschatology, fake script, fake narrative. It's not, it's, the reality is we've been under one world government. So the idea of, no, that we're headed towards, no, we've been under it and we've been under it a long, long, long time. And um, what should have made this most obvious for us, and that was the purpose of it being allowed in our day, the whole COVID scenario that took place, the control, the lies, the manipulation, the censoring, it was global. This ought to tell you it's a world government. It went global. There was a, there were a handful of leaders of presidents that tried to go up against it, and they suddenly died. And um, they were taken out in different ways. And so if there was courageous ones going up against it, um, they did not survive it because it has been a one world government. So this scaring from the pulpit that we're headed towards a one world government. No, the one world government has been what we've been living under and is what we are now being um, set free from. We have been there. And it is being, it's in the process of being dismantled by God himself. And so this is, uh, and I'm, so I'm not, yeah. not pulpits as saying that they're not telling the truth on anything and they're not giving some good biblical doctrines. But, I, but if you miss the plot of today and missing the plot of today is by uh, having the, the narrative all backwards, it's, it's like, it's a pretty big miss. It's a pretty big deal. And you'll end up having your people not resisting, not rising, um, and instead anywhere from whining and crying and preparing to evacuate the very planet they're called to shine mm. and feel the glory days of the Lord. Kind of doing this in, in, in reverse order of some of the things I was going to, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, though. We are transitioning to the greatest days on earth, mm. the greatest show on earth. We're in the birth con birth canal uh, and that's no fun it's no fun being in the birth canal but once you know the narrative you can be encouraged by it and and you can encourage each other we're entering a whole new time a whole new world the kingdom of god will shine brighter and brighter and brighter and this is going to be a little bit shocking and 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 so i'm fine i'm fine with that we won't get to its brightest until we have 30 billion people on planet earth wait how many 30 billion and we have seven or eight seven to eight and you know you have the ten commandments or 12 commandments of the deep state they had on their guidestones and one was in perpetuity to keep the world at 500 million because that's the amount they feel like they could control well 30 billion is just last night i was awakened with it He's spoken to me that number before as well. I think I put it in my book, Seven Mountain Renaissance, years ago. And um, that wow. it's not even that that's where it's going to stop. But when we're at, it, the light is going to continue on planet Earth. We're in a massive transition period. We're in this mafia control of this Baal cult being removed from planet Earth. Doesn't mean there's not general wickedness to fight with all the time, progressively moving forward. We're still going to have to commit to being people of righteousness, and we're going to have to be 
committed to being people of light and we're going to have to say no to sin on a regular basis. You know, it's just that's that was the deep, deep, deep level of darkness and evil Luciferian rule that has been a, a strangle, a stranglehold upon upon the earth. But we are going to have victory over this. We're going to have to learn to keep fighting, keep rising, shining, saying no to sin, saying no to the devil, standing up in society as well in the way we're supposed to. So, Johnny, before you go, I'll repeat that one last time. So about four times the population of the earth now. And what happens by the time we're at four times? State that one more time. The way I got it from the Lord is when we're at 30 billion people, we will be. We will be we'll be at a at the height of glory. Um, wow. His presence among the nations. You know, he says nations will walk to the light of the sons of God. Ask of me the nations for an inheritance. So we have a we have a long time and, and we're going to be committed to growing. And, and, and would you say what for just real quick to what that would look like? Are we talking about? 30 billion on the on the earth and now probably even no homelessness is that the, what you mean by being at the top of the glory you know well that would be an assumption yeah I, it's I an assumption a, an assumption but that would be there we if we're understanding more and more that there's not been a lack of finances even now um it's not you know we used to preach and teach that we have the poor among us because we have, uh, you know, sin and sin in our midst. But the sin in our midst has been really at the controller level. I mean, it's been at all le- at level, but yeah. they are intentionally um, targeting. They have been the deep staters, the New World Order, the Baal cult. Uh, part of what it's been doing is targeting nations for them to be broken and run down and poor. And they've done so because it assists in their plan, partial their plan of uh, the control part, they need dependent um, masses. They need the masses being in dependency to them. And now they've been working well over a hundred years, specifically intending to reduce the world population. And, and so this, this plan of theirs uh, has been being revealed to us and we see them still trying to implement aspects of it. And so that's what scares many it causes again, the false narrative to come out even from the pulpits of America, but it's, it's, it's the same way the children of Israel were misreading when Pharaoh's chariots were running them down. It wasn't because they were going to be run down by Pharaoh's chariots. It's they had to watch while Pharaoh's chariots received the judgment of God. That's what's going on now. That's the true narrative and be encouraged with that. Very good. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. That's, I mean, I think you mentioned that to me uh, a couple of months ago, and I thought thirty billion. You know, um, that's an amazing. And this planet, you said that's not even necessarily as populated as the planet's going to get. No, I actually years ago I had the Lord say United States could easily handle thirty billion. That's just United States. Oh, the, just the U.S. That's not the part I'm saying today. But even years ago, I got that even the United States could easily um, handle 30 billion, that the whole overpopulation being a problem is a massive lie. It is. There are resources, in, innumerable resources of every kind 
and the better resources have been hidden from the people. And then God has even better resources than the ones they've been hiding from the people. And so that's, that's, that's where we're going. And so it's important that we begin to operate to the light of the correct narrative. And that's why we're going to go into this part, the theology of the earth, because they're, they're totally connected. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And, and inseparable from each other. So we're going to fly through some scriptures. So get ready to write down if you want, or uh, don't ask me to send you a piece of paper with all them after. I won't do it, but um, this is something you, you can do and, and you don't need to know them all. But there's something about, um, you know, being the redundancy of what we're going to do. But in every redundancy and every repeats seemingly scripture, there's going to be a nuance that it tells us. And, and this part is to confirm to us what I just just laid out. We're in the days of Elijah. We're in days where he's raising the Charles, the Carlos, the free man. It's about that. He's about to create strongholds for the free man. And we are. Uh, we are headed towards showtime for the kingdom of God on earth. But but the in-between transition time, he's needing to wake us up. And it's like, you know, the children of Israel, they were not going to sing unto the Lord with tambourines and dance after the the judgment upon the, the children of Egypt, uh, Pharaoh's chariots. They were not going to sing unless it scared them enough. And so there's an aspect of us being awakened. And, you know, if they had just snuck out of Egypt and like, okay, it wouldn't have felt so celebratory. But all of a sudden, the agenda was chasing him down. Are, are you are you kind of drawing a picture with that one little thing about this is what in God's mind and heart, he knew that they probably had to get more afraid before they could get the release? Okay. Yeah, and it's not so much God's for fear. But it's like you have to have an appreciation for what you just got delivered from. Yeah. And and so uh, if you don't know, you know, if if you didn't know what they were really trying to do, which is restrict their freedom to worship God, because ultimately they were going to get wiped out because that was their whole goal. According to Moses, like, give us freedom to go worship our God. And that was the matter that got exposed before them. And so. You know, it's perhaps if they've been here 400 years, generation after generation after generation. It's sort of like, you know, you can say generational welfare families here. You don't you don't think of a government as being the problem. You think of them being your source and they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're put you on intentional restriction and it's a controlling measure. And until you realize that you still think they're the good guys and you vote for the ones that are going to make sure you got that. You know, that's going down another rabbit trail. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here here, here are the scriptures. Um, and and we're putting these things uh, together. And some of them are so short that they may not put it up. You could write it down or not. They're so well known, some of them. We understand that Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God created the earth. Let's start with that. Again, this is about a theology of the earth that connects with a correct and proper eschatology, getting the right storyline, the right narrative for our day. So you'll go to uh, verse 10 of Genesis 1, 
And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So we want to understand two things. He created earth. Does God create junk? That's, uh, um, you know, it seems like it should be an obvious thing I don't have to bring up. But we're having to bring up the fact that God doesn't create junk because that is what many have thought. They've wrongly understood Second Peter 3 and earth and heaven and earth are going to pass away. We're going to hit upon those in a, in a moment here. But as if it's some, you know, no, it's just a disposable thing that's here. No priority at all. No thought into it. And I've been pointing out even in our series of the seven seals, how everything around the throne room, the attention has to do with everything on earth and the celebration and the new song that came about in heaven was about the ruling and reigning on earth. And so this is just further establishing God made it. He said it was good. Um, Genesis 1, 28. Let's see if I have too much light there. Um, Genesis 1, 28 talks about God blessed him and God said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything is ultimately what it says. So I want us again, another well-known uh, scripture, but there's a word for dominion. It goes into have dominion. And the word for have uh, dominion, the Hebrew word is a word rada, R-A-D-A-H. Remember the word rada. So that's dominion. That's the relationship we're supposed to have towards earth. And it means to tread grapes for wine with your feet to tread with feet well wow. for those of us who went to israel they showed us part of the uh, the winemaking process where the grapes go and then you press them you dance on them you step on them with your feet you have dominion over the grapes but it's to make wine so our relationship to the earth earth is good it was made by god and everything on it and he says hey when i talk about having dominion over it I want you to upgrade everything. Um, I want you to upgrade with, uh, we could go into dancing on grapes, walking on grapes. We won't, there's a whole message there. We won't go into it um, uh, beyond what our time is right now. But there's an upgrading on earth through our dominion of it. So it's a stewarding where it gets upgraded. We understand what took place then with Noah, the days of Noah, where everyone um, but Noah and his family were wiped off the face of the earth by a great flood. And on his way there in Genesis 6 and verse 13, he says, and this is an important verse for later and for processing. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Oh. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. <clears throat> okay, so just for a moment right there, you hear him say, I will destroy them with the earth. I'm going to destroy the earth and I'm going to destroy them. This is important because that word destroy is used later on and people actually create a false eschatology from it. Uh, in other places where there's a talk of destroying um, some aspects of the earth, uh, even things that take place in Revelation, not understanding when the Lord says he's going to destroy, he didn't wipe it out like the earth didn't cease existing. We know that from the days of Noah, what took place. And uh, even the word destroy that's used is a Hebrew word, shakath. Uh, you don't know how you pronounce it, but it means to injure, to batter, to ruin. So just, it's more about uh, make a place marker with that. Remember this. Uh, 
when he says he would destroy the earth, he wasn't going to disappear it. He wasn't going to annihilate it. He was going to have it go through a judgment. And that is an entirely different thing, even yeah. as process that for other things. So then um, let's look at Genesis chapter nine and verses one and two, actually. So this is after the flood and Noah comes out and he and his family, they're the only ones that exist on planet Earth. So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that moves on the earth and on all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. What do we have? It's essentially a re-up on Genesis 1.28 what we already talked about, where he said, have dominion over everything. And so he starts all over. There is sin and judgment. They all get wiped out. They get, it's a start over with Noah, but the same guidelines. It's the same um, uh, call to uh, have stewardship over the earth in that kind of way. Um, now let's go to Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 14 and verses 18, then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God most high. And then verse 19 and then 20, and he blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the God most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he gave him tithe of all. The, the main point we want to make right there, because we're establishing certain uh, important matters here is God is possessor of heaven and earth. He made earth and he said, it's good. And he put man after the fact, but thinking of man the whole time, have stewardship over the earth. Melchizedek, we think is a pre-appearance of Jesus on earth. And he just lets people know God is possessor of heaven and earth. Um, then in Exodus chapter nine and verse 29, we have Moses, well, we'll read it. So Moses said to him, as soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease and there will be no more hail that you may know that the earth is the Lord's. So mm. there is, he wants the dark side. He wants the Pharaohs to know the earth is the Lord's. So we, but it's important ownership. The earth was valuable. It was pre-thought. It was made by him. He gave it to us for stewardship. He wants the enemy to know. And the plagues that came, this is the whole context is Moses is releasing plagues. He's stopping and starting them. And it's like, so you know, the earth is the Lord. It's not some piece of disposable trash or junk here that doesn't mean anything. He only cares about souls. No, he cares about earth as well. Oh, the that's earth good. That's really yeah. good. So we're, we're, we're building and establishing and repeating certain points, but then adding, adding to it for the whole, whole picture. Now, Numbers chapter 14 and verse 20, this is really good. Um, and then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt in the wilderness have put me to the test. Now these 10 times and not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their fathers nor shall any of these who rejected see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in, in him, he sees it. So the main scripture um, 
we wanted to emphasize is, but the context here is, why is he having to say this now? Why, why did it start out in verse 20 saying, I have pardoned them? Because Moses had to beg for a pardon. Because the Lord said, Moses, get out of the way. I'm going to start over with you. I'm going to wipe them out. Why was God going to wipe them out? It wasn't just simple sin. It was the fact that they specifically rebelled about going into the promised land. The 10 spies came back and said, no, we can't do it. And so all Israel left. They had a voice, their voice. There were one voice, one cry. Oh, that we would return even to Egypt. They're ready to go back to Egypt. And so the Lord says, you all are struggling with believing that I would give you a promised land. This is what is this is what happens. They tell you when you're multi-generational in poverty, it compounds and you just have a lock where you can't believe it's ever going to be different. Oh. And you'd rather not hope. You'd rather not think it's a possibility. And so they were just like, no, we don't we don't want to have to press into that, you know, be upgraded in our thinking. And it so offended the Lord. The Lord said, let me wipe them out. Moses, perhaps a test of Moses. Moses, no, no, no. The nations will say that. And the Lord said, you think it's difficult for me to bring you to a land, a promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey. You think it's difficult for make you to, to make you the head, not the tail. The whole earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God wow. and the earth will be filled. And so that's his goal. That's his stated goal. So we now have just even from Genesis to numbers, he made the earth and he intends to fill it with his glory. And he's, he, he wants, he's adamant about his kids believing that and contending with him in that, on that behalf. All right. So then in Numbers chapter 16 and verse 30, we find out that the earth, uh, well, here's what Moses, um, I'll read it first and I'll tell you. But if the Lord creates a new thing and the earth opens up its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them and they go down alive into the pit, then you will know you will understand that these men have rejected the Lord. And then you read the next verse. Now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words that the ground split apart under them and the earth opened up its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah with all their goods. So <clears throat> to give you the context again, because it, it connects, this is a, re if you look up uh, number 16, it'll be titled Rebellion Against Moses and Aaron. So it's the sons of Korah and 250 main leaders. And they tell Moses, you take too much authority. God is in all the people. And then but then what they ultimately accuse him of is moreover. Uh, and Moses sent this is verse 12 of, of, of 16. Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, we will not come up. Is it a small thing that you have brought us up out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness? First of all, you got to be blown out of your mind that they are calling Egypt now the land that flowed with milk and honey. Well, and they were enslaved there. So he's calling their enslavement as if it was the land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. No wonder they were so far gone. If that's, that's all they can see. Is it not clear? Like you took us out of a land like they were slaves for 400 years not all 400 but the last hundreds of years they were slaves and is it a small thing that you have brought us out of a land flowing with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness that you should keep acting like a prince over us Gee. moreover you have not brought us into a land flowing with milk and honey 
nor given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. And so this is, so it, that's, those are the words then Moses says, like, okay, if you die a normal death, then I'm not God's anointed to lead us there. But again, the issue is over him wanting to take God, wanting to take the children of Israel into a prosperous land, a true land of milk and honey and Gee. abundance of expanded. And these are the leaders that say it's not going to happen. No, the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, they're going to be the ones that take over right now. We're going to die and we're going to, you know, a third of us are going to die or we're going to all these things. It's going to be terrible. We're going to be uh, persecuted and killed and abused. And then when God finally feels sorry for us, he's going to do it. Or if you have the other perspective is like, no, right before all of us, it doesn't even make sense how some are going to know it's going to be pre-tribulation. We already know over 100,000 believers are dying every year and so what what are they what they, they they're they're somehow preach like the pre-trip post-trip whole thing doesn't even make sense it falls apart there just and who's dying but we'll just say this again is the lord wanting to take them to a greater place and his leader is moses his leader is moses and the leadership comes up and says you are not only not taking us to a better place we came from a good place anyway that's that's, that's crazy i mean it's so plus they had been and conquered many armies by this time. Am I not? Isn't that true? They'd already seen God's hand deliver them from one army after another after another. And all of a sudden, because one leader from each tribes uh, of 10 of the tribes said, we, this is too big for us. Everyone just says, oh, okay, let's go back and be slaves. And we'll call that the land flowing with milk and honey. But I forgot to make the main oh, point, yeah. the main point here. The main point, we passed on it. I read it. It says the earth opened up its mouth. Oh, yeah. And swallowed the rebellious leaders. So the earth. See, this connects us to we won't even go there, but it's well known. Or, or we might later. I can't remember where I got my notes. Romans 8, where it talks about creation groans and travails for the revealing of the sons of God. And so the earth sw opened up. They opened its mouth. Remember creation. There's something when he says creation is groaning and travailing for the reveal of the sons of God. There's some. A celestial brain in them, in their makeup, that is not human connected. Because if you go to the Romans 8 scripture, creation groans and travailing for the sons and daughters of the king to arise. So it's, it's clearly separating creation as being a different entity than the people. And it, creation is groaning. And so you have creation itself open up and say, we can't have these leaders we're trying to be, because what it further tells us in Romans chapter 8, it tells us we are going to creation. We have to read it. Okay. Holy Spirit confirmed that. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and 18. There's, we, we can't skip. We can't skimp on, on this one. This is strong. It's, it's well known, but it, it is strong and clear. So Romans, she probably. Yep, yes. She got it. <laughs> Very good. She's fast. She's amazing. For right. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And the next verse. For the earnest expectation of the creation er eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. Next verse. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Let me see if I wanted it to be this, the verse before it or. 
I mean, this is clearly making creation sound like alive with a mind of its own. I think you're kind of painting that picture, right? It and it's it's not the mind of their own. It's it's a mind of his. It's, it's a it mind knows, of Christ. It knows the narrative better than the church, better than Israel, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty, not of Jesus, but of the children of God. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. So that's why they're crying out for children of God to wake up and go into their promised land. For the children to awaken that they must arise and shine and let nations shine with the glory and majesty of God. That's the narrative we have to contend for. So as soon as there's a leadership that arises that says, no, give up on that idea. Mm. The earth opens up, says, let's disappear this group because we're not being set free till they're set free. I don't know if we understand it. Creation doesn't get set free till we set free. So they're looking to us. They're not looking to Jesus in that kind of way. Creation knows we don't get free till they get free. So there are, there are you know, I've told about this before. There are responses. There are moments when I've either made a declaration or blown a shofar and creation itself has responded in a big way. And that's Whether, uh, the passage that says all creation groans waiting in expectation for the manifestation of the sons of God. Which is that? What What is the reference for that? What What? That's oh, Romans 8. That's right there. Okay. It's, yes. It's groaning. It's groaning is a real thing. It's in agony. Can't it's in agony. agony. Yeah. And so this is what's this is where we're going. Uh, this is where we have to understand. This is the narrative that's solid throughout Scripture. We'll, we'll get back to some more scriptures because that's what we're trying to do is hit you with about 50 punches. Not hit you, but the, the truth being um, reiterated over and over and over and over and over and over until it's an indisputable narrative that's coming to us from the scripture. So then it's only, OK, will you follow? Will you obey what he's saying and doing? So. <clears throat> That's why God says it's, it's it's really I have never heard you teach on this, Johnny. So it's really hitting me hard. It's you're very clear that when you have the proper perspective of the theology of the earth, your end times theology by necessity, by definition, changes. It has to. Yeah. And so it's you know, good eschatology has many correctors uh, to it, and and the correctors, um, the biggest corrector is God's view on earth. And so uh, and that's what we're that's what we're talking about. That's what we're laying on and that that alone will eliminate more most distorted eschatology. Yeah. If you understand he made it and he loved it and he intended it for it to be filled with the glory of God and that those who p- oppose it, even leaders that oppose his people advancing towards that, it will open up and it will swallow the leaders. It will be part of the judgment of God against those who oppose it. Um, <clears throat> so. Interesting. Wow. Psalm 21, 8, 8 through 10, I think we have. Let's see if that one is easy to make show up. I'll read there it if it not. There it is. Your hand will find all your enemies. Your right hand will find those who hate you. You shall make them as a fiery oven in the time of your anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath and the fire shall devour them. Their offspring you shall destroy from the earth and their descendants from among the sons 
of men. So what's the point we're trying to make to right here? He loves the earth and he doesn't turn it over to the Antichrist, nor does he annihilate it. In fact, he is searching out his enemies and he will remove them from the earth. He removes his enemies from the earth. We have this great hope we have of him removing us from the earth, but his promise, that was David talking to him. He says, I know you love the earth. You're going to remove your enemies from the earth. Do you have and the, do you have that other scripture that's on plan today? That one says he destroys those who destroy the earth or hurt the earth. Is that on your list today? Is that that, kinda... that is absolutely on my list. That's Revelation 11 and 18. He destroys those who destroy the earth. Crazy. See, it's just it's clear and clear. But it's again, the point is expand upon the theology of the earth to think about, okay, where is this whole thing going then? Um, so a Psalm right there, Psalm 24, one, again, simple verses, but they're powerful when you connect them all. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell therein. Again, this is even before the cross. There's people who have been saying the earth wasn't the Lord's or in some way the enemy. I don't know why. It's just the earth mm. is the Lord's. You heard Melchizedek declare he owns it. You had Moses tell Pharaoh. The earth is the Lord's, all its fullness and those. So we're, we're understanding he values the earth and those who dwell in it. Yeah, so it's 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 not some distortion where he just loves the planet, not the people. It's part of a package deal. He loves he doesn't make junk. So what he creates, he values and he makes it uh, every detail He's gone through the time of Genesis one. He made mountains and looked at it and said, it's good. He made the animals. He looked at it, said it's good. It goes point by point by point, everything even that fills in the earth. And he and he, he he grades himself after he makes it. And he says it's good. And he had all this stuff. And then he goes, it's day six. And he says, and he looked at it all and said, it's very good. And that's before he had people. Uh, uh, so anyway, now let's look at uh, Psalm 25. And, and let's look at verse 12. And 13, this is David. Again, David is so full of the right perspective of, on God. And he said, <clears throat> who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. He himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants shall inherit the earth. So just pause there for a moment. We clearly see mm -hmm. David knows that those who please the Lord, they're to dwell in prosperity and their descendants inherit the earth. If the earth has no intrinsic value, why would this be a promise? Why would this be important? Why would this? Why did he not say his descendants shall inherit heaven? We understand the part of inheriting heaven. And so we're, we're not diminishing that. It's just but it's been so overemphasized to. I think, you know, Johnny, on that, I think when I've heard that and Jesus in the Beatitudes uses that again, they shall inherit the earth. And I always couldn't grab hold of that because I think, well, that just means we're somehow more part of the great inheritance of mankind, but does it mean we'll inherit property or what, what does that mean? Well, it's a little bit, it's everything that constitutes earth. And again, we're part of it is we'll just keep hitting. It's like, yeah. uh, we would don't want to call it AK, an AK 47, yeah. but we'll do AK about kingdom. 
uh, and just keep spraying this thing because the next scripture we'll have is and I, and you really should just read all of Psalm 37, but we're just going to read Psalm 37, 9 through 11. Um, and Psalm 37, 9 through 11. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Again, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. Mm. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Mm. Again, we see the earth being the reward for those who serve the Lord in a proper way. That he so treasured the earth that even his followers, David, a man after God's heart. That's why he said, I would have fainted if I didn't believe I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Because he understood that this is this is uh, this is the proving point is if he gives you inheritance on her, on earth. <coughs> and as I point out, inheritance is forever. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's not a loan. It's not a lease. He didn't say you will lease the earth. The meek can lease the earth. The right. And, and this is a this is a point over and over and over. So. Um, oh. Actually, verse 22 of Psalm 37, for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth. Those blessed by him shall inherit, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. So who gets raptured? (laughs) I don't want to make that point, but those blessed by him inherit the earth. Those cursed by him shall be cut off. Yeah, I mean, he had a choice of saying those those blessed by him should, should leave this earth in a hurry and and be done with this mess. And th- that's not what he said. It's the opposite of what he said. Earth of, of is destination. That... Earth yeah. is destination point for the kingdom. Wow. When you pray, pray this way on earth as it is in heaven around the throne. They are saying, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. I think we're going to hit that in, wow. in, in just a second. So um, <clears throat> Psalm 47 is we'll just tell you read the whole psalm 47 <clears throat> when you want to get more uh understanding it's let me see how many verses we're not going to read it but it has nine verses and it's just tells over and over how the lord is ruler of the earth clap your hands all you peoples shout to the god with the voice of triumph the lord most high is awesome he is a great king over all the earth he will subdue the people under us, the nations. He will choose our inheritance for us. Hmm. He's gone up with the shout of the trump. God reigns over the nations. Uh, the shields of the earth belong to the Lord. He is greatly exalted. So over and over over again, we are getting this understanding. Earth is valuable. It's a reward for those who are fulfilling even his purposes on earth, who understand that he wants his glory, his kingdom, his evidences being manifested on earth and he's looking for people to do that uh through um psalm 67 is <laughs> really the whole psalm again and and uh but there's a couple there's one verse verse two that i really want to draw attention that mm-hmm. your way may be known on earth your salvation among all nations so 
we also we could pick that up from Habakkuk 2.14. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. But he wants his ways known in all the earth, among all the earth, his salvation among all the nations. And then let's look at David's last words in the Psalms. Oh, Psalm 72.19. Surely that has to be, it tells us. Uh, you know, right after what we're going to read, it says the prayers of David, the son of Jesse are ended. So what's the last thing he says? And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And these are his last words, his last Psalms, his last prayers. Let the whole earth be filled with his glory. It's not a throwaway scripture here or there. It is a constant theme from the very beginning. And let it just begin to reverberate in your spirit. Um, we just have a few more here. Psalm 89 and verse 11. Psalm 89, 11. Let's see there if I get it. Is. There it is. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world in all its fullness, you have founded them. Now, we're going to come upon a scripture in just a moment. I'm not sure if I gave these to you. I think I did. <clears throat> Where it tells us the earth, because this one, for some reason, this is the one preachers like to quote a lot, is the one we'll get to, which is Psalm 115, 16, which says, The earth he has given to man, and the heavens is the, earth, is the Lord's, and the earth he has given to, to the sons of men. And so, like, no, that's why we got a problem, because he's given this to us, and he's like, well, let's see what you do. Well, here it clearly Let's you know he has creator's rights. Um, the Ooh. earth is the only thing that's ours is stewardship. That's all the way from Genesis 1:28. Have dominion over it, upgrade the earth, turn simple grapes into wine. Um, you know, make it glorious, something that touches a spirit. That's what wine's supposed to do, something that touches your spirit and, and brings lightness in that kind of way. So then Psalm 104:5, if that one's there we go. You who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. Just stop there for a moment. Those of you who have looked into Second Peter 3 and you're like, okay, he said he's going to destroy. Remember I said destroy was also a purifying thing. And ultimately, I'll do a whole show sometime on Second Peter 3 when it will be seen. Second Peter 3 is extracted uh, because of wrong interpretation and application they have made second peter 3 sound like nothing else it's totally out of line with everything else and peter from the first moment of second peter 3 he clearly lets you know he thinks he's just restating what is the known uh, sum total of everything we're talking about and so the the interpretation came out that the earth is reserved for judgment and it really says the earth is reserved from judgment oh really Yes, it's the opposite of what, and it's proof everything else. This is David. Is David lying? You who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever. He didn't have to say forever, that it should not be moved, you know, temporary. No, forever. And I know some of you are thinking, what about I saw a new heavens and a new earth? We'll get to that in just a second as as well. <clears throat> um Okay, now I have, I don't know if I gave that to you, Psalm 115, 16, um, if they have it uh, there, is about the earth being given to man. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. 
Um, and some have taken that as to really adapt, even by our spirit-filled, sometimes prophetic brethren, a theistic uh, perspective. And theism is that God's up there and he's just like, he's given us stuff and he's just watching. Well, he's not. He's involved with every aspect of it, particularly the degree we involve him. We see that every step of the process of the children of Israel in the promised land, he was very hands-on. And he is a mm. hands-on God. He's going with, he's with every detail. And so <clears throat> um, what he's telling us, he has given us stewardship and stewardship is something we always do with him. David said, if unless the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. So we labor, but it's his building. We're doing what he's doing. If we're on the same plan as him, if we're cooperating in the same narrative, then it's going to work. And if uh, if not, it doesn't work. So he, he doesn't need us, nor has he delegated to us. And just like, well, let me see what they do. That concept has to be eliminated with everything else we're saying. Ecclesiastes 1.4. And this is from the wisest man on earth, Solomon, at the time. And he says as well, one generation passes away, another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. So we hear Solomon and David both say the earth abides forever. Um, and he even talks about generations that pass and the earth abides forever. So again, let that, let that soak in and do its, its work. Um, Isaiah 6, 3. <clears throat> this is... This is fun. Yeah, um, there it is. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts and the whole earth is full of his glory. Well, if we had read the first two verses, the context of this, this is what's going around the throne. It was in the year that King Isaiah died. Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and he sees the seraphim and he sees he's seen the throne room. And what's and one cried to another, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The throne room is filled with passion over this objective, that the whole earth be filled with his glory. That's why he's not coming any second, any day. You don't have to. This is like it would be such a violation of established verse after verse after verse after verse after verse. The whole earth is full of his glory and they're they're excited by it. And. And we've already gone when we talked about the seven seals. He has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. His glory will be seen on us. This is the narrative we must embrace at this time. Okay. Uh, and we know Isaiah 11, 9. Um, they shall not hurt nor destroy all my mm -hmm. holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Is that clear? Another prophet. Remember, Jesus is held in the heavens, Acts 3.21, until the restoration of all things spoken of by his servants, the prophets. And that's all we've been reading. Prophet David, prophet Isaiah, prophet Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2.14. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. Um, and so whenever, you know, whenever you see these passages about a new earth and new heaven, because I'm going to go back to that point now is, is I want us to, uh, uh, to think renewed earth, renewed heavens. And I'm going to exp explain this, uh, where it says, and I, I got to identify that scripture. I didn't give this, um, to the team, Emily, but it'll talk about uh, a new heaven and a new earth. First of all, before I go there, and we're coming to a close here for what we're going to do today. Um, Revelation 5.10, where we already 
read, and actually I just quoted it. He has made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. The objective is reigning on the earth. The objective is not a ticket to heaven. The objective, it's not over until he's fulfilled his objectives. He loved the earth. He made the earth. He wants it to be demonstrated before all powers and principalities that it carries the presence and glory of the Lord. This is what he's here for. And so uh, and we already did the revelation scripture. He will destroy those who destroy the earth. So I'm going to invite you as part of the closing part. Let's go to Revelation uh, chapter 21. And I'm going to more tell about it because we're going to, it's this is the new Jerusalem. And and. And in verse, um, first verse one, Revelation 21, one. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And also there was no more sea. So people go, see there. And with that one verse, without bothering to further look into it, you want to eliminate everything else said in the whole Bible on it. And, And we just established over and over that the wisest man on earth said that earth is here. Uh, uh, forever. David said, this is forever, that it's repeat instruction over and over that the righteous, the meek, inherit the earth, not just get a lease on it. They inherit it. It means it's forever. What kind of promise would that be? How can God lie um, if if that? So the context here, then he sees the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, out from God, prepared as a, a bride adorned for a husband, And I heard a loud voice from the heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. I'm going to tell you there. And if you just read it all, you'll see the new Jerusalem descends to earth. And here's the picture I want everybody to have. It's not necessarily as 100 percent clear as I as I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to tell you. Um, But it's the new Jerusalem this is more from revelation that I have rather than it being clear from the scriptures, but it is out of, you see, it just makes sense. The new Jerusalem is actually bigger than earth. And there is a place in the new Jerusalem where earth, which will become the garden of Eden again, fits in Hmm. when it fits in. Think of those movies where, yeah, you know, something fits in and then everything changes. The new heaven and the new earth is about when the heavenly bride has made herself ready on earth. And then the new Jerusalem descends and it fits in. Then the heavens and earth are both new. The heavens has glory that it never had. The earth has glory it never had before. And there's specifically two areas that we're going to, again, this is looking so far in the future. Sometimes it's too far in the future, but it's, it's, it's worth being encouraged by it. Mm-hmm. The new heavens and new earth, that's that same word where, where it says in, uh, Paul said, and he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. This is the same word, new. He wasn't a, a different creature. If any man be in Christ, you come to Christ, you're a new creature. Didn't mean you used to be John and now you're Margaret. It was, you are renewed. It's the same word. So there is a, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, this earth, those of you who, know the surface of the earth. This earth is marked with signs of previous rebellion. We have um, volcanoes. We have, you know, you fly over Arizona and Colorado, like, man, something violent happened here. 
we have remnant testaments of previous rebellions by Satan on, on earth. And that's, I don't want to go too deep into it, but they are left there for now. They are left to testify about rebellion that came against God. That's why the surface of the earth everywhere is not perfect. There are signs, um, there is separation of planets that people, there's conjecture anywhere from conjecture to some level of science, something happened Hmm. and caused separations. Well, there is earth before all that. There is earth before all the violent signs, and that's how it was made. And the new heavens, there is a going, there is a going back to original design for heaven. And guess what? Here's the part that's surprising. Earth, um, heaven has the same thing. He has to see a new heaven. Heaven, I'm going to tell you, it was violent what took place. Um, Lucifer cast out of heaven. So you had people that had been, you had angels that had cohabited and were friends, perhaps even for millions of years. We don't know. Um, but they were there and they had to fight against each other. And it was violent. And there, it was real war. And I will tell you that the heavens that exist, there are, uh, um, and it's beyond, it, there is, we're, we're speaking into the mystery realm in some level, but I'm just going to tell you things I know by the Spirit, is that there are marks of the rebellion of Lucifer in heaven. There are memories that are there. And that's going to be, when he says he's going to wash away, wipe away every tear, um, it's from the heavenly hosts, what they've experienced as well. We don't know there's many more of them. They go into the trillions, most likely. And so there is a, a big, this thing of when there is this, the new Jerusalem coming to earth, uh, it, it creates this whole glory dynamic that changes everything. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, but at no time does he discard the earth. And, and so here's a couple verses that, that, um, that prove it. Because then he begins to talk in Revelation chapter 21. Well, actually, um, I should read verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And um, let me see if I wrote down this because I wanted to highlight that verse part of my my closing where the proof is so clearly that the city that came down was on earth. Um, yes, verse 24. I'll read verse 23 first. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it for the glory of God illuminated it. The lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. The kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. So if the kings of the earth are bringing their glory and honor into it, it means the new Jerusalem and the earth were talking something that is united and one. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. So in that last part, when we bring into the new Jerusalem, we're, it, it, you know, it's kind of Alpha and Omega. We went to way in the future and that can be uh, you know hard to process and it's we're speaking into a, a whole lot of mystery and things but we want to understand the end uh, the end point here it all starts 
In the beginning, God makes earth. He sees it's valuable and he wants it filled with his glory. And those who contend against the earth being filled with glory, the earth opens up and swallows them up. And the end of it all is, you know, he's like, you will inherit the earth. You will inherit the earth because the earth is forever. The earth, the proper part of the earth is forever. The part that's done away with, the part that's eliminated is the marked up. And how he does that, that's going to be brilliant and glorious, kind of the same way. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Something changes in us, but we're, we're the same person, but new. And so there's going to be the same earth, but new. And that's what, that's the narrative we're invited to plug into in order to see even the beauty of his plan. See, the, the, the majesty of his plan gets understood when you have a proper eschatology of the earth and a proper eschatology of a God who doesn't make junk, doesn't make trash, and he wants us valuing this all, all throughout. So I think I was able to fit that in, all in, uh, um, uh, Steve, but I don't know if you have any comments or well, questions. The only question I have, one question is that um, since the earth is sort of personified or is in fact person-like, it's got a mind, the mind of God, is it, is it frustrated then or likely frustrated, I'm just choosing words here, that so many people just want out of here. It's just frustrating because we want out of here. And 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 it's not the earth knows it's not going to see the manifestation of the sons of God as long as they want out of here. Right? I don't know. Thoughts? Well, 100%. It's why early on in the conversation of saying yeah. some the greatest, the pulpits of America are one of the worst distorters of true narrative. Why do the people believe this? Because they're being preached this. Yeah, they're taught so that. Being, mainlined into seminaries so you have a high percent of seminaries producing voices that tell the people that the objective the great hope is getting out of here and and extracting a couple little aspects of scripture yes we're contending for heaven on earth and heaven we're citizens of heaven but when we understand it properly heaven is coming to earth and earth becomes included into heaven. That's why he wants heaven on earth. On earth as it is in heaven is speaking the new Jerusalem reality as well. It's what, what Jesus was doing. And so it is uh, just what you said. It's 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 horrible and, and blame the people to the degree, yes, you all have accountability before the Lord. That's why we'll say this appeal is to the people. Um, you have to understand what his narrative is, and you can't allow uh, the distortion of narrative that would come from a pulpit. Um, and, and that's, you know, that just has to be addressed in that kind of, kind of way. That's why I heard it from the Lord. The pulpits of America are one of the worst distorters hmm. of my narrative, of his narrative. And it's because they've been taught that they don't question it, but it's, it's, it, it, it's not just that it's wrong. It's that we literally don't enter into what we're supposed to do. Again, as I've said before, it's like, uh, knowing you're sent to a big game and and you make a decision when you get to the game to sit in the stands because someone's told you you sit in the stands, but you're supposed to be on the field. You're right. You're the one on the field. There's the enemy has no resistance, nobody to come up against them because you won't show up there. But you've been instructed, you've been told by pulpiteers that's what you do. You just sit in the stands, and then if you you know make sure the guy next to you on the left or right that he knows Jesus, and that's it. And it, it's not. There is a contest for supremacy of the kingdom of God over the kingdom of darkness. 
and there was a clash of kingdoms taking place here. You know, when I was, especially in the 60s and 70s, I'm a child of the 60s, 70s, and we sang a lot of songs, at least a few of them I can remember, but it was kind of a virtuous song to sing, I'm homesick for heaven. It uh, seems I cannot wait. Um, I remember singing that song, and we I felt like it was virtuous. Our, what I what I'm trying to grasp hold of is if we if we grab hold of what you're saying and teaching, and we're contending and then we're reigning on the earth, Johnny, is it supposed to be like we're not really going to be that homesick for heaven because we're having so much fun here or what? It, what it's exactly because because heaven begins to increase and then to see the change, to see uh, uh, you know to see a nation that was run by Baal begin to acknowledge God and begin to reap the fruits of it. Oh, what a joy. Here's the deal. The surprise for all of you who are longing and homesick for heaven. You're going to be realized. You're going to be told when you're in heaven. You know, if you had contended a little harder for heaven while you were down there, this whole thing would have been, the whole process of everything would have been reduced. Uh, It says we can accelerate the coming of the Lord by us jumping in on the right narrative because you're going to get there and realize, oh my goodness, even the things you're going to do in heaven are going to be pray in something. You're going to find out that the highest objective of heaven is that earth be filled with his glory and that whatever your assignment in heaven is going to be, there's going to be some connection to that. And so you're going to go, oh my. Well, then I should have put more effort when I was down there. And that's why, of course, the enemy comes with fake news, mm. fake eschatology, brainwashing, MK Ultra and the church to not be a part of the great, the great kingdom reveal on planet Earth. And that's what's going to change. And that's what's changing is the good news. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really interesting. I know I'll have more, more and more probing questions, but that, I mean, there's a lot to take in, but I've never really quite heard it this clear cut, you know, on. Man, there's just so much, but I, I'm just going to chaw on that for 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 this week because there's so much in that, so much in. It. I mean, I I spent my childhood picturing heaven, which was even though my theology wasn't the rapture, and what I I still wanted out of here. Only I, I saw that being let's get this thing wrapped up where we lose because we did. Our, our theology was the same, but but then we would all you know raised up in the clouds, and I just wanted out of here, you know. I just wanted to be married first and so I could experience that, you know, you, you, you know that one. But anyway, so good, Johnny. Very, very good. Well, I'll have more probing questions for you, but um, that's pretty fascinating. So that's, that's really good. Yeah, you feel like praying for the people as we close out here? Yes. And I would just say as well, if uh, restore7.org, which is showing up on my name, we just, Elizabeth wanted me to remind that we have, um, or the Rise Tour that kicked off here, we have Harrisburg, Pennsylvania um, in, I think it's September, but look it up there. And then November in Las Vegas. Okay. And those are the only two confirmed, we'll say here, there is something we've been working on in Canada. We're not quite sure. We're not ready to announce it. We're not sure it's going to, timing exactly when that's going to work because we're doing one in, in South America um, as well. So, but just look there for, for details of what, of what's coming, but yeah, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for the day that we live in and, and Lord, we just thank you for your patience with us. 
ask that you would pour out. I ask Holy Spirit that you would pour out your spirit on your church, on your bride, on your sons and daughters that are even listening. And Lord, begin to uh, allow the excitement of your plan to take over even the weariness of the moment. Yeah, it's so easy. Every single one of us at some point is like, you know, if there was a rapture, it wouldn't. I've said it. Lord, I've said it. if there was a, a, a rapture to save us from having to press in and do the things we have to, uh, I would go for the, it's just human nature. We'd go for the escape and quick celebration up there. But you are calling us to be people of resolve, be people yes. who are willing. You know, it says of Jesus, he says he's our author. He's the author and finisher of our faith. But he, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Yes, he sir. knew that he was going to go through more difficult times by being here, but he could be not just part of the redemption, but he was the very maker, author and maker of this plan of redemption. And he is our elder brother. He is the one who has laid out the pathway before us. He is the one that has shown us the way. And Lord, let that same spirit um, that was in him be uh, stirred and pour out upon all of us who are listening upon this whole earth at this time, Lord, I just ask that you would release an outpouring of your Holy Spirit on your sons and daughters worldwide, that there would be a commitment to lock in that very same thing, Lord, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling you will quicken your mortal bodies and it will quicken dead things and tired things and 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 just confuse things and fearful things that are in us. And so we ask that you would pour out, pour out. Pour out, Holy Spirit, as I find myself, Holy Spirit, with that prayer before you frequently. Pour out of your presence, yes, your spirit, on your sons and daughters so that we would be encouraged as to our assignment, as to our task. That we could be like Jesus for the joy set before us. That we can endure uh, the discomfort, the contradictions mm. of the moment. Let that be, Lord, a gift that's released mm. upon all who listen, but all the, the whole earth at this time, Lord. Let this be a latter rain that's for the whole earth, Lord. Your presence, your joy, your purposes, your plan, your anointing. Let it be released now. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Good stuff, Johnny. Everything from the baseball stuff to up to the last good stuff. All of it really, really amazing. So. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Remember that Donna Clement Petruska will be with me tomorrow, 11 o'clock Pacific. Don't miss that. Thanks again, Johnny. Give our love to Elizabeth and your family. And we will see you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.